Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. What's going on? <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Uh, we have uh, an interesting topic today that I it's want to navigate one. very carefully. But uh, <laughs> yes, we have safe to, be to say that um, we actually have some really incredible music to share today. Oh my God. Absolutely. Very groovy, very chill, very awesome background music. This is Adult Games. Uh, not only is it that, um, but we're specifically focusing on PC-98 games for the most part. That was a system that saw so many adult releases, especially in the 90s. There's a few titles from the X-68 as well. So I guess you could say early um, Japanese PC games is what we're focusing on today. Now, one thing that's interesting is if you take the entire library of the PC-98, I don't know if you know this, Will, but I would estimate that about half of that entire library happens to be adult games. Oh, man. So the the thing that I want to just get out of the way uh, right from the very top is... Um, this episode we're, we're specifically like a lot of our episodes we're focusing on on music here and the category here is to bring together uh compositionally music that's of a certain genre but i mm-hmm. i guess i want to make it clear from our perspective this is not you know a tacit endorsement of these games uh a lot of them no, are, we have are absolutely pretty no misogynistic yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i mean the one thing we can say at the top i think I think most of you know this, but there's a pretty significant cultural difference when it comes to sexuality and nudity. When you compare Japan to a lot of other countries, such as the U.S., it's it's pretty striking. And so it's not surprising that there's a whole genre, at least in, in the 80s and 90s, very successful genre. A lot of these games are kind of visual novel games, Carlos was telling me. And that actually makes sense musically, because if you're trying to set up a mood, music is one of the best ways to do that. Um, but yeah, it, w- it was just a well, really popular thing. I'm not meaning to like call out any specific culture. I mean, the reality is like pornography is a part of, I mean, it's a thing that exists all over the world and has for a long time. And that's its own sort of cultural or historical uh, conversation that we're not really looking to have today. I think on a, um, but I just, I think it's important that we address that because I do know that we have a lot of, you know, families who listen to this show and I feel like we've always tried to make, you know, our podcast, a sort of wholesome environment for people of different backgrounds. And so I just want to make it clear that, you know, this by no means is going to be kind of like a debaucherous, gross leaning into no, the male not at all. misogyny the music type is of episode. absolutely outstanding um i mean there, there's going to be some maybe some innuendos today but the music it's it's very groovy it is it's very sexy music for the most part now there's a couple of examples where i went out of my way to try to pick a few different genres so it's not just kind of groovy funk music there's some other sounds that we'll hear today as well but yeah Really, really wonderful composers that worked on this genre in the mostly the 90s, I would say. Um, what do you say, Will? Should we, should we get into some wonderful FM music today? Yeah, I feel like I'm both excited, but I don't even want to use that word. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, I, I let, will say this let's playlist, embark with caution. I'm very excited for this playlist. Uh, Carlos helped me with a few picks as well. It's a really good one. Um, bangers, 
aplenty. Okay, what you guys heard playing in was a beautiful melody. That was from the game Heart de Ron. That was BGM 20, and it was composed by Ryuchiro Fujisawa. Uh, I just, I loved that melody, loved the groove. Great way to start off our episode. Let's keep going. Uh, This next title is probably my favorite. If I had to pick um, a favorite soundtrack in this interesting genre, it would be this one. Uh, It's called Mesuneko Hishoshitsu. Um, And we're going to play BGM 2. And it's composed by, it happens to be, (laughs) my favorite composer in this genre. It's Yuki Nakayama, also known as Panda, for the PC-98. Here we go. You guys listening to BGM 2 from the game Mesuneko Hishoshitsu, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, composed by Panda, who is a wonderful PC-98 composer. I love the PC-98. It's quirky, but um, I just think it's such a cool sound. It's basically a PC-98 spotlight episode today. We do have a few sharp x68 tracks but yeah it's just it's just such a cool vibe this is my favorite score in this genre i'm excited today to just really focus on the music specifically um there is going to be another track uh later in the day coming back from this from this game that's one of the beautiful things about music is particularly in a, a genre like this which as we've already articulated you know it's it could be considered as quite controversial but the amazing thing about music is uh, that it can be both explicit and almost it can never really be explicit. It's one thing if you're talking about songs with lyrics and then, you know, lyrics can be vulgar well, here's because the thing of their that's literal great. meaning. But we don't have to talk like, about that at all today anymore. We can just talk about right. how cool this music well, is. And, but that's what's so amazing about music is that uh, art can be born of one context yet examined mm-hmm. completely outside of that context. And I do think it's like, this is fantastic music that could exist in many different styles of games. And it's it's interesting to think about yeah. because I think so often on the podcast we talk about like why the particular composition is great and why it works. Like if we're listening to something from Gradius, we'll talk about why it's great for a space shooter. But I also think something that we don't talk about enough is how ambiguous music is. That you could take something from Gradius and put it in a completely different kind of game. And it's not that it wouldn't work. It would just change the context of how you feel when you're playing right. that game. That's the cool thing about music is how ambiguous it is. Absolutely. Man, that's such a great score. Like I said, we're going to go back to that. One thing I did with this playlist, um, there's a lot of music I checked out uh, this past week and a half, um, and I tried to limit it. So the most we're going to do from any one title today is two tracks, and we have some amazing titles that that's, that's the case. Uh, let's move on. The next title we're going to focus on is called Star Trap, 
And this track is translated as Space Station Siebel. And this was composed by Takiyaki Watanabe. Here we go. You guys are listening to Space Station Siebel from Star Trap for the PC-98. This is composed by Takeaki Watanabe. And Watanabe is a great composer. We have another one of his compositions coming up later in the episode. Um, I'm a really big fan of his style. This is, yeah. I would call this elevator music. It's its very loungy, very relaxing. It's background yeah, music Yeah, it is sure. loungy, but it's also, to me, it actually goes a step beyond that because there's something about I, what I was really, I was just falling in love with this chord progression. Me how too. dreamlike and atmospheric it is. It's it really so has atmospheric. a psychedelic quality. Um, like there are certain bands that particularly come to mind when I hear this type of chord movement. Um, but honestly, a lot of it reminds me of certain veins of like electronic or pop music that is like popular these days or the kinds of things yeah. that you hear from like artists on TikTok or whatever, where it's this sort it's of a cool mix. Yeah. It's like well, psychedelic heard... meets pop music sort of harmony. And it, yeah, it has an elevator music quality for sure, but it really, I don't know if you guys heard in the background, but there was a solo, there was a full blown solo in this track, which again, all this music was done in kind of a primitive way. I mean, the equivalent to trackers, I mean, whatever whatever kind of software they had back in the day, um, it was definitely not a super intuitive way to get music on the PC-98. So I think something like that is, is always so impressive to make it feel spontaneous. That's a really good point. Yeah, and that, I think it's, I mean, it's such an important thing to talk about because that's arguably why game music is charming to us at all. I think it's yeah. that idea of uh, how not obvious and how unintuitive it is that it's like the, the computer is good at processing ones and zeros and, and computing things like a calculator to make it almost emote and to make it be able to create music it takes a lot of and work produce musical the impression of you know musical expression that's i think what's so amazing and charming to us is all the work that goes into making it just sound natural Absolutely. Well, this next track, I was I was saying earlier that I tried to find examples that have a sound that we might not expect today. It's not all going to be loungy, funky stuff, right? Uh, this is definitely one of those examples. It's quite rocking. Really good track here. It's from a game called Mime, and this track is called Labyrinth of Lost Sheep. 
and it's composed by Hiroaki Sano. Let's check it out. You guys are listening to Labyrinth of Lost Sheep from Mime, and it would have been kind of fun to not even tell people that this was adult games, because uh, some of this music you really can't tell. This is composed by Hiroaki Sano for the PC-98. Some titles on the PC-98 um, featured more extended channels than the 88. Some of them didn't. Some of them had, um, you know, just, what was it, like, four or five or something. Um, but I'm a big fan of the ones that have more of the extended channels uh it's a cool sound cool energy on this one this almost feels like ease music or something definitely it's in that 80s you know journey uh powerful rock pop idiom that great so tune, much though. game music is in yeah an incredible tune i love these chords in Something that's fun today is it's much more eclectic than I was expecting, but I really think right? we, we get looks at something like this, which is just classic game music to a T in that Well, idiom. I think that's because this, uh, you know, it shouldn't even be called a genre. It's an umbrella of games uh, that encompasses multiple genres. Carlos was saying that there's a lot of these rip-off games where they're an adult shooter or an adult action or an adult puzzle game or, you know, there's a lot of kind of these clones and rip-offs. Uh, so that kind of makes more sense when you think about it that way. Another term um, that Carlos was telling me is some of the sometimes these games are referred to as eroga, uh, which I think is kind of a, a mix of erotic and game put together. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that it would also have been. Uh, there there would have been a world where we could have just called this, you know, another PC ninety eight episode or something. I was tempted to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, so many of the games on that system were adult games. So it just goes to show, I mean, I don't know why that that computer system but was so popular. I don't know, Carl. I, I actually find it sort of, I, it makes me feel, um, I guess, happy and, and positive that that it's like, you know, we don't necessarily, we don't have to endorse what these games are about, but the fact mm-hmm. that we can actually celebrate great art that came out of it, it's, it's nice to know that it's like, even if the whole experience in and of itself was like not necessarily a good thing, the fact that all this amazing music can come out of it, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's oh, nice and so many people that. can enjoy it. I mean, yeah. th- a lot of this stuff is on YouTube. There are certain YouTube channels that are dedicated to obscure PC-98 music or X-68 music. Right. And all the people enjoying that, I would say half those people haven't played these games. They just like this kind of music. And I think that's right. really cool. I agree. Uh, next, we're going to move on to oh, one of the best composers um, on these systems. It's Baki. 
Uh, this is Cosmic Psycho, which is actually for the Sharp X68, and I think we have three X68 titles today. This is so good. Um, there's actually two tracks I wanted to play from this today because I really was digging this soundtrack. Let's take a listen to Begin. You guys are listening to Begin, which is a true banger from Cosmic Psycho. I love this track. It's composed by Baki. Now, I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I wasn't, and I don't know if anyone is, able to to get the real name of the alias Baki. Uh, now, Panda, I was able to find his real name, but for some of these other ones, I don't think I, I know that, so that's a little bit sad. Um, whoever he is, he did great music on the Sharp X68. Oh man, this is just so cool. Well, wh- what kind of resonated with you most about this track? Like what jumped out at you? So many things. I mean, a lot of the harmonies today are, are just so delightfully infectious and they're rich, but in a specifically, you know, uh, not filmic, but gamic way. It's just, yeah. this is such gamey music and it's so... <laughs> it's very gamey. I, I, again, I, all the all the things that come to mind are things that I don't want to be like simplistic and reductive, but this is just so Japanese. There, there's so many <laughs> characters in this today, kind yeah. of melodic funk jazz fusion idiom that... It, so catchy. Just, it feels like it would only come out of the mind of a Japanese composer, and yeah, I, I think so much of that has is probably cultural. I mean, I think so much of music is cultural. What we're exposed to when we're young affects kind of the the language we speak and the ideas that we have. But man, I just want to study whatever this composer studied. I want to be able to immerse myself in that world because this music is so delightful. It's so vibrant, isn't it? And colorful. We've played a fair amount of sharp X68 tracks uh, over the course of our our podcast. I got to say, I prefer it uh, to the sound of the 98. I think it's a little bit cleaner and more full. Um, We're talking about FM synth either way, um, but I just particularly love the sound of the sharp. Um, Now, I think in that East 3 episode, a lot of that... Uh, was the sharp version that we played and also over the years I've shared some some you know kind of sharp tracks but yeah really really cool sound all right let's keep going uh this was a very obscure game I mean this is already at least in the west this is an obscure episode but this game is very very obscure it's called Viper BTR 
Um, and one of the tools that you can you can use to play this music is called the Hoot Player. So if anyone's interested in Japanese computer systems, definitely get the Hoot Player. And I was able to to get the soundtrack in this way. Uh, it's BGM three composed by Kenichi Arakawa. Let's check it out. Oh, man. I wasn't kidding, guys. Uh, this is why I was so excited to do this episode. Just <laughs> phenomenal music, diamonds in the rough. I Most people listen to this podcast, maybe every single person listening to this podcast, you probably have not heard this track. Yeah. Um, from Viper BTR BGM03 by Kenichi Arakawa. Just delightful. Everything about this is great. I love the composition. Oh I love the arrangement on the PC-98. <sighs> Panning's good. Instruments are good. It's just so feel good, man. I'm speechless. This music is so phenomenal. And it's like, I just, it really surprises me. Uh, It's almost too good. (laughs) Not what I was (laughs) expecting. You almost don't want to know the context. It sounds like Masato Nakamura. Like, yeah. it's seriously on that level, just th- these well, inspired, it was that era. catchy pop ideas, but done, executed this great FM sound. This is yeah. just delightful. Like, I, 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 I so don't relate to anyone who could listen to just let's take this for what it is. Aside of context, aside of whatever, just the sound of this, the composition of this, everything. This is art. This is a total work of art. I mean, it's, it's just also, beautiful though, music from start to finish. It's also entertaining right it's it's just it's it's popcorn music it's music that really entertains you and makes you feel good you know it's, i love that popcorn oh it's just delightful music. yeah that's it a, really that's is that's a really yeah, great way of thinking of it thanks dude and one thing i didn't mention but you know you're talking about wasato nakamura all of this music i think today is early 90s every single title if i'm not mistaken today is probably from 1993 to 1996 um, that was kind of the peak of a lot of these releases is what I Yeah, found. I mean, this is like Masato Nakamura meets Mega Man 2 meets Rockman and yeah. Forte. I mean, it's just like all the pure video gamey feelings in yeah. one. Man, that's outstanding. Okay, so by far the most infamous and acclaimed games and soundtracks in this umbrella is You Know by two composers... Ryo Umimoto and Ryo Takami. This seems like a, like a pun. These composers, you know, <laughs> you know them. Wait, I yeah. know who. No, you know. Now, Umimoto, rest in peace. Sadly, uh, that composer died at a very young age, uh, was a wonderful composer, is heralded as is one of the true greats when it comes to chip music and FM music. So a really unique voice, an amazing score. This is actually a score that 
really does warrant an episode. It's so unique, it's so beautiful and nuanced, and it's very long as well. We're playing two tracks from it today. Um, let's start off at least with this game. This first one is called Iyumi Arima from Yuno for the PC-98. Enjoy. You guys are listening to Ayumi Arima, and this is a great experience. Will's never heard this track, and he was losing it on this. It's from Yuno, which came out in 96 for the PC-98 by Umemoto and Takami. Two wonderful composers, and Umemoto, again, just really did some great work in his short time on Earth. Uh, what a special score this is. Will, I gotta get your thoughts on this Yuno track. I adore this and the thing that kind of blows my mind is i had to double check with you what year did this come out 1996 (laughs) this really feels like this could have been written yesterday i mean i think it says more about the era that we're living in the sort of post post modern era where it's like there almost is nothing but i know what you mean recycling stuff from the past here's a couple things i think that why that is it's the pc 98 and it's the extended the what is it the opn a or whatever so it's the extended a lot more channels it's in 96 and so very late era fm music um so i think that's what you're hearing you're hearing masters of this chip that have probably been working on it for close to 10 years yes there there is the mastery of the chip but there's also the the aesthetics of it it's kind of like the the particular drum sound the harmonic choices again the harmonic choices of a lot of this music i think part of it is because you know we talked about music being ambiguous but the reality is this is all very sexy and these kinds of chord moves these kind of production choices you know stuff even in the world of modern pop music it's like a lot of similar aesthetic choices are made even the use of like excessive over-the-top kind of digitally compressed stuff i mean I think the it bass taps into some of the same emotions that this taps into so i think there's a real reason behind some of these things i mean the bass lines in you know are absolutely sexy they're, they're just oh they're they're delicious bass lines so yeah i highly suggest everybody checking out the score to you know for the pc 98 and i could see a spotlighting on it because i think will would have a wonderful time 
Um, and actually, a lot of the music is much more vibey than this. Um, not all of it has a drum beat. Yeah, a lot I of it's kind of how, setting up. Vibes. I love how vibey some of this stuff is. I mean, even this particular mm-hmm. track, it's another one where it's like it's kind of psychedelic in a way. Like it's, it's yeah. a little trippy and chilled out and yeah, really cool stuff. Well, now I'm going to move on to a pick uh, that Carlos uh, brought to my attention and, you know, it's funny, some of these games, you know, we're saying the names and, oh, you might not even tell what we're talking about. But this one, it's hard to avoid it. Can Can Bunny Premiere is <laughs> the name of this game. Uh, but this I'm is so such sorry, a great track. <laughs> it's it's ending. And Carlos was mentioning when he shared it uh, to me that, oh, this feels like a lost Sonic uh, tune to me it kind of feels like sonic and knuckles a little bit uh it's by muse who is another outstanding composer for these <laughs> by systems. the band, one of my favorites <laughs> one of my favorite composers for the system this is again for the sharp x68 let's check out ending You guys are listening to ending from Can Can Bunny Premiere, but really, who cares what it's from? Dude, it's by Muse. Someone needs to explain composer. something to me because I'm so confused. Why is it that these porn games and then weird, obscure <laughs> things like uh, that? Uh, now I can't even remember the name of that weird mobile series that we're obsessed with. Uh, Princess Connect. Yeah, Princess Connect. Why is it that weird, obscure stuff like this has like some of the best video game music ever made? I don't understand at it's all. It's like so it's either Sonic the Hedgehog or this weird, you know, pornographic game. That that that's where we get this kind of style. Like, I don't understand why yeah. it, I mean whatever <laughs> the reason is, I'll take it because it's more great music in the world. And I really do feel like one of the reasons we started doing this podcast and continue to do it is because we feel like we're ambassadors of great music that is under the surface that you have to dust off and share with the world. And that's the case with today. How many of you guys listening uh, have not heard these tunes? Most of you, I would imagine. And this is music that deserves to be heard by a lot of people. It's colorful, fun, entertaining music. Definitely. It's colorful. It's entertaining. But Sonic is right with this one. I mean, (laughs) this harmonic progression, the melodic, both rhythms and gestures, the kind of dissonance that comes from simple melody line in harmonized in parallel very simply. But that you know, parallel movement actually creates a dissonance with the baseline and how the chords are changing. And it's like that kind of complexity born out of. I don't want to say ignorance, but it's almost like the musical lines are so pure and so it, it it's a real feeling of innocence that, but it's like a complexity that, that comes from that. It's a really specific blend of things that, that puts it in that place to me that makes yeah. me think of Sonic. It, it It's like, uh, 
honestly, yeah, it's a quite specific set of attributes, but what an amazing What piece a great of music. track. Thanks, Carlos, for bringing that to my attention. We're going to go back to one of my favorite composers, probably my favorite composer of today. It's Panda. Yuki Nakayama, and I have to go to say this really fast, get get through this. Uh, the name of the track is <laughs> Relaxation, and it's from uh, Night Slave. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Returning to the world of elevator music, really relaxing, and the track is called Relaxation from Night Slave. <laughs> um, this is composed by Yuki Nakayama, also known as Panda, and his music is very melodic, very groovy, very entertaining, uh, just just kind of the best of what we're kind of enjoying today. Um, so yeah, couldn't sing the praises of, of Panda enough. Oh, this is a great dude. track games are so weird i just didn't realize that it's interesting it's like as a kid you're exposed to what you're exposed to and that sets your frame of reference uh yeah. but it's like episodes like this really change my whole perspective on game music on games in general the fact that it's like because you're totally right carl one of the reasons we do this podcast is to highlight exceptional music that most people yeah. haven't heard and i think music in games already for a certain generation is probably how like we view our shock at like why would something like this be for a porn game i think is how like our parents generation view video game music at all it's like why would a good piece of music be in a video game well adult game yeah i mean i there's probably different levels to, to some of these games they definitely have adult situations and, and, and scenes or whatever but i don't know the extent um but yeah it, it is really crazy i mean at the end of the day uh, this system saw some phenomenal music, some really nuanced, expressive music by wonderful composers that for, you know, it makes sense. You know, this is just a Japanese system. We didn't get it over here. Uh, I would say quite underrated. And so that's why I'm always so glad to bring more spotlight on Japanese computer music because it's really good. Very okay, true. we're going to go back uh, to the composer I was mentioning near the top of the episode, uh, Takiyaki Watanabe. And this is a score I've actually known for about a year. I think I played a track from this in a show and tell, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if it wasn't that, it was a Mercado Radio. But yeah, I just stumbled upon this. I didn't know anything about it at the time. But yes, it's an adult game. It's called Blackbird Tori Tachi no Tuboe. And this is such a groovy track. It's called Explorers. <laughs> Thank you. 
Amazing tune. This is Explorers from Blackbird by Watanabe. Such imaginative, colorful music. Really, you know, Watanabe's writing for the PC-98 chip. You can really hear that. He's writing and making his music for these sounds, picking the sounds that match these melodies, you know, the, the twinkles, the panning, the combination of soft tones and hard tones. Just really great production, if you can call it production. Just an outstanding piece of music. What's so fascinating to me is it's kind of like there's this beautiful thing with musical complexity and particularly harmonic complexity where there's this strange arc where sometimes the most interesting harmonic choices are done by people who either know the least about music theory or people who know the most about music theory. And it's kind of, there's like this sort of middle point where it's like the more you learn, you almost for a period of time limit yourself by things that are taught as rules or certain things that influence the way you start thinking more functionally. But I always find it so refreshing to go to music that has a, um, that has its, almost musical influences or origins in like guitar music Uh, a lot of you know compositions from the 60s and 70s that have a lot of really uh unorthodox musical choices especially harmonically relationships between chords that you just did not see commonly before that and it's so fascinating it's like there's so much of that music that we can take advantage of or tap into but i honestly think the big spirit of tapping into that uh style of writing is following your ears and that's what this composer is clearly doing every one of these chords is has so much color and shape to it but it isn't because in my opinion of like a really brilliant functional understanding it's just watanabe following uh good ears his his, yeah, his ears and his heart and where he hears the music going. And I find that so and inspiring. exploring all of that. <laughs> the track's called Explorers, so I had to say that. Yeah, man, Watanabe, definitely a composer to look into more. Um, yeah, you know, some of these people are really obscure figures, and you can't always find a lot of specific games they were credited to. Um, but in any case, uh, it's time to move on to the next game. This one was composed by Ryu Takami, uh, who is one of the Yuno composers, as well as Naoki Kanamori. This is an interesting choice. It's a game called Dracula Hakushaku, and this is BGM2. It's a little bit more of that kind of classical Castlevania vibe than most of the stuff we've heard today. So kind of a nice change of pace. Here we go. (laughs) 
You guys are listening to BGM2 from Dracula Hakushaku, composed by Takami and Kanamori for the PC-98. Uh, kind of a wild card today. Um, it's not a phenomenal piece of music, but I thought it was fun, again, for variety's sake to include it. I thought you'd get a kick out of this kind of specific homage. <laughs> Will, uh, it's, a, it's a good piece of music. It's solid. Yeah, I, I'm very interesting, the mandate. What, what I find funny is, like, in a lot of these adult games... I think the the implication is that it's like uh, it's kind of like function to be like arousing is more important than telling a story or like being an engaging game experience. But what I find so hard fascinating for me to know, about, I haven't played them. But what I find so fascinating about the music is uh, not that it like takes it super seriously, but the function of a piece like this is totally to set the mood for Dracula and for a yeah, horror. absolutely. Like this yeah. is not sexy at all. There's like no part of this that seems like it cares about that. And a lot of this well, music. And that's you could the say one that thing about. that I can say, and again, we don't have to talk too much about the context, but I do think a lot of these titles have a small percentage of that. I mean, most of the game might be a very traditional type of a genre game and then just might have a couple scenes here and there that are adult. So that's very possible. Right. Um, all right, guys, I'm really excited to move on to this week's track of the week. We're going back to my favorite title on today. It's Mesuneko Hishoshitsu, and it's by Yuki Nakayama, also known as Panda. This is such a jam. I absolutely love this track. It's been in my head for a long time. It's BGM1. Enjoy. track you guys are listening to bgm1 from mesuneko hishoshitsu by panda and one of the reasons i wanted this track of the week it, it literally is my favorite of the day but it's also that the exact vibe you think of when someone's like oh they're gonna do an adult games episode i imagine this is the kind of music you guys thought we would all hear um so we, we have to kind of bring that, uh, not that stereotype, but a little bit of that today. Oh my God, this is such a good track though. It's, it's a wonderful groove, very funky, great melody. I love the interaction between like the, the, the imaginary rhythm section and the lead. Uh, just those parts where the bass and the kind of vibes are going, there's just a lot of cool kind of funk energy coming from this pretty slow stripped down groove. Yeah, very funky. And I think the other thing that is so charming about this is 
how sparse it is how uh right really it's like if we were gonna think of this as uh it's the other thing that's so charming is it sounds like (laughs) funk because if it were real instruments it's super dry it's like yeah. there'd be no reverb, very close mic in a nice studio. I'd love a funk band to do this, man. Very I would dry, be in but love that's with what's this. so charming is it's just FM synth. And dry FM synth means we're not getting any delay. It's not being drowned out in a sea of, you know, samples and noise channel kind of drums yeah. and moving lines. It's very focused. And when you're hearing a melody, it's just as pure and almost what a sine wave-like as possible. And so there's something about that that it does communicate not just composition and not just arrangement, but also production. Like, it, it to me, it put me in a very 70s place. It made me think of a lot of like soul funk production yeah, I mean, of that it got era. my imagination going i mean that to me i was hearing a Rhodes player soloing over this like i was just right. taken to the 70s with this track i completely agree and I, that's what i think is so fascinating that you can actually communicate uh an era with chip music not only with composition because it's like yep. compositionally yes it's funky um and definitely some of these kind of jazz chords maybe make you think of that, but they also could make you think of a dozen other genres and a dozen right. other styles. There are certain qualities to the timbres that they chose and what they did and didn't do with the FM technology that yeah. puts us in that headspace. And I think that's an amazing achievement when you think of how limited you know what the what the tools were and just the limitations of the medium itself. So impressive. We actually have a back-to-back Panda uh, smattering here. This is a game that he scored called Nova Mirata Shitai. Uh, this is a track called Time of Determination, and it's another rocker. It, it's, it's a track that could fit in a Falcom game. It's really solid. Let's take a listen to Time of Determination. There you have it, Time of Determination from Nova Mireta Shitai for the PC-98 composed by Panda, real name Yuki Nakayama. It's a very textbook uh, VGM track, uh, reminds us of a lot of other VGM tracks. I'm curious if this game is kind of one of those uh, just kind of rip-off games where they're just going for a specific genre. Um, yeah, it's it's not the most um, unique piece of music on the day. It's not one that's going to last Uh, have a lasting impact with you guys but i thought again it was another nice change of pace uh just to show everyone that you know 
there's some really solid music that's written for these systems in a lot of different genres. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Very solid music, well composed. But, you know, something like this, I'm actually glad that it's not the most mind-bendingly amazing piece of music ever. Because it's kind of like, you know, there's a reason why, you know, the music to Street Fighter 2 is like, some of the best game music and that's also one of the most popular games like sometimes i i actually get encouraged by the merit of like amazing game amazing score that they're paired in one where there's something a little bit almost disappointing when amazing music is uh from one perspective kind of wasted on a either less popular title or a title that won't age well you know sometimes we could it's just nice say a to niche know title that, like, in today's yeah, context but like it's sometimes it's cool to go back to like a game like Mega Man 2 that still holds up and still has an amazing soundtrack and like yeah a game like you know Mario 3 or something that it's like it will sort of stand the test of time but I mean I think that being said this piece of music is really outstanding it is for its own musical merit I really love that bass line and kind of how melodic and so good it is a lot of nice portamento doing, doing, doing really good slides on the bass. All right, let's go back to you know, and this track. Uh, if anyone's not familiar with the score, does a really good job of setting up the vibe that the score has. It's very atmospheric, but also so funky. It's prologue movement again by Ryo Umimoto and Ryo Takami. Here we go. <laughs> You guys are listening to Prologue Movement, a beautiful piece of FM music, incredibly expressive and nuanced. This is from Yuno by Umemoto and Takami. And it definitely sets up more of the kind of classic Yuno vibe that you get in the score. It's just a really great combination of a lot of different things coming together on the score. A lot of atmosphere. Um, A lot of growth, a piece of music that's very long, that takes its time and slowly grows and climaxes to something. Yeah, it's it's just a really great score. This is one of my favorite tracks from the score. And uh, again, I'm so happy to shine a light on this music that a lot of you haven't heard. Now, you know, out of today is by far the most well known. So some of you have heard that, I'm sure. But overall, this is niche stuff. Yeah. And 
really interesting musical choices. I mean, there are certain chord moves here that not only surprised me, but made me scratch my head. It's like, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. And if I have, exactly. it was probably in such a different context. It's like maybe in Stephen Sondheim's Sweeney Todd or something, there's like a moment where it, but it's like, I've definitely yeah, never crazy heard some of stuff. these bizarre, unrelated, borrowed chords, but yet in an idiom that otherwise is like has a lot of the same attributes. It's kind of slow and groovy, a little bit sexy, a little bit psychedelic, but there's a darkness to this track, which makes me think that there's something, you know, because it's a prologue, that there's probably something in the text crawl that has yeah. a slightly more, you know, we talk about adult games, but part of what makes, if you think about things for an adult audience, we don't just have to take the cynical perspective of everything being sexualized, but it's like, part of it is that adult content maybe has the potential for slightly more complex human relationship type drama. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be also violence. It's going to be also, you know, really deep, heavy issues. It's going to be a lot right. of other things, too. And I know that Uno is considered a really good game, really beautiful game. So, um, yeah, I don't, I can't speak to that. Um, okay, let's move on to another X68 title. Well, actually, we're going back. Okay, yeah, this is the second track we're featuring from Cosmic Psycho by the wonderful Baki. And I'm excited for Will to hear this. Uh, it's a track called Neptune. And as soon as I heard it, I immediately loved it. And then I think I realized that, oh, wow, this is like a very Carl track. Like, it really actually reminds me of, of a lot of music I make. So curious to hear if Will agrees with that. Let's take a listen to Neptune. You guys listening to Neptune from Cosmic Psycho for the X68 by Baki. Curious to get Will's opinion on this. I love it. It's it's very simple, um, very catchy. It's just one of those tracks that hits you right away. I, I yeah, I adore this. I think this is so strong on every level. It's really solid. It's interesting because Carl was making comments when we were listening to it that I really just can't relate to, and I think it's has to do with how close this is to a lot of your musical instincts and when carl hmm. was listening to it he was saying it sounds kind of cliche but for yeah, I think me it's very cliche for my me. ears i don't hear it as being cliche almost at all uh and i think part of that has to do with when we write in a particular harmonic language or in a certain groove language or whatever you want to call it we are more acutely aware of kind of like 
melodic phrases that are cliche, harmonic gestures that you've heard a million times. And what I, th that's why I think this is like, it speaks to more of your expertise in a particular genre, because it's like, you've been in these harmonic situations before. You've been in yeah. these kind of situations, both in a jazz or a funk I think or it reminds me context. maybe of a few other VGM or, or J Fusion tunes for whatever reason. And maybe that's why I think of that. Um, but I mean, I, I think this is context. so outstanding. To me, this makes it's one me of my favorite Sonic esque. I mean, that if like if it makes me think of anything, <laughs> cool. I just think of Sonic esque music. It's hard to believe that this isn't you because I feel like <laughs> you have a very specific uh, musical voice that's very much you. Um, and so it's always like it frightens me when I hear things <laughs> that are kind of like sound like you because it's like, hey, give that back to Carl. That's no need to that's be frightened. His style. <laughs> Well, man, what a one-two punch. Going from Baki back to Panda. Uh, this is a title that, Will, you might remember. I brought in something for this on a show and tell. It's HHG Heart Heat Girls. And this is, man, the grooves keep going. From that Neptune track to this track, it's called Counterattack. So groovy. I'd like to think that all of you guys listening along are just kind of dancing. Wherever you're doing, if you're at work, if you're doing the dishes, I'd like to think that you're dancing along. This is Counterattack from HHG. Here we go. telling you no one's better than panda today he is the best this is counterattack from hhg heart heat girls real name yuki nakayama and i really feel like i'm a kindred spirit with nakayama his music just does it for me it just checks off all the boxes makes me feel so good makes me dance makes me smile i love it yeah, this is another episode. I mentioned this last week, but I, I want to take another pass through at some of this music because there's just yeah, man. there's a lot going on under the hood, and there's so That's much an to appreciate. I mean, it's music that is is very accessible. It's very infectious and sugary, like I think a lot of uh, music that we like to share on this podcast can tend yeah. to be. Uh, but yet, it's also very versatile, and there's there's so many different types of composition. I mean, it's interesting. It's like these last two tracks. Uh, both very different, but both make me think of Sonic. I mean, I think the first one kind of in the style that we were talking about that, you know, we hear with some of your music, but this doesn't necessarily make me think of you, but it definitely makes me think of Sonic. Those, the yeah. use of that sort of slash chord sort of, 
optimistic, ever bright, but then, colorful, but melodic that, that B style. section is so kind of jazz standardy. Uh, that right. that it was a nice surprise. But that also makes me think of like the special stage from Sonic One or the special stage from Sonic Three or a bonus yeah. game or something from Sonic or even it definitely the would work title well select as a bonus screen. <laughs> you know, man, yeah, really cool stuff. Man, that's really really cool. Okay, let's move on. We're gonna move to a game called Only You. And this is another rocker uh, with a kind of familiar but effective chord progression here. Will's going to like this one, I have a feeling. It's called Like a Fighting Whirlwind, composed by Shade. Here we go. You guys are listening to like a fighting whirlwind from only you it could easily be from ease as well this is by shade who i also don't know the real name of that alias really really solid i love this classic chord progression i love the harmonies obviously i love that galloping east rhythm really effective this is great this is another example um or i guess not another but it's an excellent example of uh, a certain type of arrangement where it's essentially your groove uh, has certain kinds of syncopation, a certain kind of bass pattern, and it's essentially over every chord that things are changed in a sequence. And it's not just in right. you know the melodic sequence da 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 where you're taking the same shape, but the bass line, the drums, the 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 kind of specific syncopation, it's almost like uh, the the extreme example would be those Casio keyboards that had kind of uh, rhythmic accompaniment where there'd be sort of the sound of polka or jazz or R&B and yeah. you hold down a key and it goes it's like the same kind of you know accompaniment pattern and I think that there's a reason why that happens in a lot of different kind of arranging contexts is because it's useful to have sort of a pattern that sets up the groove but what I think is so charming about video games is they have the capacity to to almost exaggerate that consistency because it is this digital machine. You can have the identical articulation. You can have the exact phrasing that is metronomically perfect uh, with the yeah. machine and with digital music that you can't necessarily get with live performed music, which I think makes these kinds of sequences in this type of pattern based music almost more effective in yeah. uh, chip 
context than it would be with actual instruments. Well, let's go to another classic groovy track. It's it's the vibe that I think we were all expecting today. It's the last track other than our playout today, and we're going back to the composer Baki, who's one of my favorites. This is a game called Kimi Dake Ni Ai O, <laughs> and it's for the Sharp X68. Let's take a listen to No Regrets. This is so good. You guys are listening to No Regrets by Baki for the X68. It's one of the best of the day. It's such carefully crafted, ah, just confident music. Very inspired by jazz and funk, but it's the Japanese VGM mixture as well. I adore this. I do as well. Man, this is another inspiring episode just from great <laughs> musical invention. Yep. I think what's... It's pretty wild. It, it just, it never ceases to amaze me. For all the years we've been doing this podcast, we continue to find and play new examples of excellence from the same decades, from the same yeah. years, you know, we've been mining. You know, this isn't something that just came out because there is that concept. It's like, yeah, like I said, as time I'm marches pretty sure on. everything today was 93 to 96. But that's what's so exciting to me and that's what i i just encourage any of you whether it's you know old video games or old movies or old books it's like this is one of the incredible things about exploring the art of the past is we like to think of the era that we're currently living through is you know full and rich of so much good art and bad art good music bad music that it's like almost the most complex time but really every period in time has that we just have this distilling process you know when we look back to a decade we distill it down to three things but there was as much mm-hmm. you know outpouring of great amazing art and bad and good and all of it it. And that's what I find so inspiring. It's like we can spend the rest of our lives and we'll probably continue to find new, great 8-bit and 16-bit music that we've never heard It's an before. endless well. It makes no sense, but I'm here for it <laughs> week after week. We're going to play you guys out with an outstanding track, so stick around for it. It's from Dora Dora <laughs> Emotion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called D-O-R or Dora 2 by Muse. Again, ending the day with a Muse track, not the band the composer of Japanese PC music. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. It was a quirky episode, but outstanding music. We could have just called it, you know, PC-98 or, or groovy PC music or whatever. But yeah, it's. I had a wonderful time. Did you have a good time today, Will? 
I definitely had a good time. And I also think it's an important lesson, you know, for, for those of us who might be feeling kind of like, oh, there's something about this subject matter that's, you know, problematic or things that I disagree with. I also encourage, you know, those of us that have those feelings to look at the complexity of a situation where it's like, even if you were going to be resigned to the fact that all of these games were, let's say they were all reprehensible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, isn't it still amazing that beautiful art can come out of that in that someone yeah, visual and music like yep. to, for today's episode can be exposed to great new music and be connected to, you know, an artist from a different period of time, potentially I'll definitely another take part it. of the world. I think that's great. And it also, it's like the, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, things might seem on one level of, uh, you know, just kind of patronizing and lowbrow on the surface, but it's like, I don't know. I kind of want to give something like this another look because the fact that it contains such rich art like this, yeah. it might be a little bit more than meets the eye. So a good lesson Absolutely. for all of us. Very, very true. Well, guys, enjoy this track from Dorador Emotion to send you on your way. I wanted to say that next week, uh, I want to announce our episode. It's going to be a Toho Project episode. Now, that Toho series, I've played some tracks from it um, before. It's a really beloved series of space shooters um, that we have a few really passionate fans of that series on our Discord. And a few of our Discord members helped out with the playlist. And so I have yet to actually go through and do the final whittle. Um, But some of our Discord members were nice enough to go through and put a bunch of wonderful picks from that series. So look forward to some energetic music coming at you next week. I'm always nervous when we have a fan, you know, uh, submitted or suggested episode because I feel like it's like I definitely feel the size of, you know, the mob that's that's larger than me. So I don't (laughs) want to disappoint them because they could. It's going to be a unique episode. Yeah, I'm excited to get your thoughts on it. Um, I they're actually the series had some early entries on PC 98. I think we talked about it before. Do you remember? Well, on our auteur episode, this was one of those people that does everything. He does everything in the games. He makes the games. He does the art. He does the music. And sometimes it's a little bit chaotic, um, but there's a lot of energy and a lot of heart. We had in, in an the auteur music. episode. We <laughs> Will was, Will was blacked out during that. Yeah, we did. And that was one of the titles featured in that episode. All right, guys. Well, again, enjoy this playout track. This was a really good time. Thanks, Carlos, for your help uh, adding some wonderful picks to this. I think that's about it. Anything else you got, Will? That's it for me. Just enjoy this playout track, everybody, and have a great week. Yes. Oh, and then last thing, stay tuned to hear more uh, details coming soon on my upcoming album, Wavemaker. Again, it's coming out June 4th, so definitely stay tuned. I think that's about it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>